Hi, this is Jeff in Saxe, Texas, and just like Bob, I'm a tactical guy, and I like a tactical podcast. Uh, Jeff, wait a minute. That's practical guy and practical podcast. Oh, never mind. Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main, and this is the Handgun World Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 599 coming out on July 24th, Sunday, July 4th, uh, 24th, 2022. Sorry I've been away for a while. I uh, just completed a three-week vacation in the Philippines where my wife is from and had a good time there. There's no Second Amendment there, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. That's kind of the subject of this episode. 599, so episode 600 coming up next week. I have a special guest for episode 600, and I am going to probably be recording that interview this week. You're going to enjoy it. I'm just going to leave it at that, but please tune in to my 600th episode. I'm starting my 14th year. This podcast started July of 2009, so here it is, July 2022. I've completed 13 years, starting my 14th year. I never would have thought it would have run that long. I may not have the most listeners to a handgun show, but I probably have one of the longest. There's, there's a few I can name that have been going longer than I have. Michael Bain has. Um, Ken Blanchard has. And there may be a few others. But I really appreciate you folks listening and taking the time. Uh, maybe Student of the Gun might have been running since before 2009 i'm i'm not sure and all three of those podcasts i just mentioned they're great shows you need to listen to those remember this show is brought to you by concealment solutions they are one of my sponsors they are makers of fantastic holsters as a matter of fact that's mostly what i carry the outside the waistband holsters by concealment solutions they're the most concealable outside the waistband kydex holsters that that i know of and i've tried several so check them out concealmentsolutions.com you get a 10 percent discount just by using the code handgunworld at checkout make that all one word handgunworld at at the checkout that's your discount code so, I want to talk about no Second Amendment for three weeks. So, on July 1st, I went to the Philippines with most of my family members that are from the Philippines. Uh, it was a good vacation. It was a great vacation. It's my seventh trip to the Philippines. I like the country. Uh, so much different than America. Such a different lifestyle. Much more laid-back lifestyle. You know, in the Philippines, they... They believe in being very relaxed and very happy 
which I wish that Americans would learn some lessons from that. Uh, we get too stressed out here in America, me included. I'm not exempting myself from that. I think that we get too stressed out about too many things that we probably shouldn't. We need to relax. Uh, they're very happy, very happy culture there in the Philippines. The Philippines is not nearly as rich as America, but I think we focus too much sometimes on our riches here. And we don't do a good enough job of counting our blessings, which they're very, very good at doing that in the Philippines. They've learned how to live with less, uh, a very minimalist culture there, which I kind of like, kind of considering when it's time for me to pull that plug on working. I'm considering a retirement there. I'm not 100% sold on that yet, but I am strongly considering that. You know, our money, our, our American dollar goes a long way. Right now, an American dollar gets you about 55 or 56 Philippine pesos. And that's pretty good. They have some inflation over there like we have, but not nearly as bad as we have it. And it's, it's a fun place to visit. Uh, they don't enjoy the luxuries quite that we do here in America. But I think sometimes we pay too much of a price here in America for what we have. Count your blessings. Be thankful for what we have here in America. I put out a a post on Facebook and a tweet on Twitter when I was there. There was a lot of debate and a lot of chatter going on about the Constitution after the United States Supreme Court put out two very important decisions just before I left. Be thankful we have a Constitution to debate. Some places don't have a Constitution like America. In fact, in the Philippines. They don't. And that's why I'm going to call this episode Three Weeks with No Second Amendment. Because there is no Second Amendment in the Philippines. Uh, There was a sign I saw just outside someone's house on a fence. And it said, Police, spelled P-U-L-I-S. That's how they spell police. And there was a phone number. A local number, police, and a local phone number. That is their Second Amendment in the Philippines. Call the police. Well, maybe a little bit more than that, but I thought it was interesting that they kind of promote that, call the police. In the Philippines, they have a Philippine National Police. Um, There's some good things and there's some bad things about that. I'll get into that in this episode. Um... I met with an international listener when I was there. You know, I don't get to I don't get to meet very many listeners or viewers. Some of you are watching me on YouTube because I'm putting the first 15 to 20 minutes of every episode now on YouTube. Plus, please subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't. There's a lot of good videos on there. I also have another one called Real Talk with Bob. I'll put the link to Real Talk with Bob. I don't discuss firearms over there. I discuss a lot of other very important subjects. So check out that channel as well. But I met this international listener and his first name is Wool. Many thanks, Wool. I'm not going to use your last name because I don't know if I really have the permission to do that, but Woe's a great guy. He's been listening to me for a long time, many years. Back in the early days when I first got started. And I was asking him about sec- or shooting in the Philippines. 
there's a there's a gun culture in the Philippines. They do have IDPA and and IPSC matches, which I was happy to hear. Next time I go there, I'm going to get together with Woe and I'm going to go shoot an IDPA match in another country. That's going to be kind of cool. But the Second Amendment in the Philippines is it's a May issue Second Amendment. Um, he told me that you have to get a permit, you have to get a license to own firearms. Okay, so I guess it, they don't believe that it's an inherent right that you have to own a firearm for self-defense. You got to get permission from the government. Permission just to own the firearm and keep it pretty much in your house. A lot of people can pretty much forget carrying it in the Philippines because the Philippines is May issue. You have to do like New York State made you do, which the Supreme Court shot that down because it's a violation of United States Second Amendment. But in the Philippines, you have to show good cause. You have to show a good reason. You have to basically convince them that you need to carry a firearm. Now, me as a foreigner, I, I may never get a permit. If I'm ever over there, uh, either for a long term or if I ever decide to live over there or retire there, I may never get a permit to actually carry to, you know, we have a keep and bear arms here to bear arms. Well, they don't have that there. So I don't know. Who knows? I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, if I come to it. But so for three weeks, I was over there with nothing but my tactical pen and my flashlight. Um, I didn't even take my knife because I wasn't sure of the knife laws. I should have looked it up before I left. Next time I go, I'll look up to see what kind of knife laws are in the Philippines. But it was kind of weird not carrying a gun for three weeks. It was. How many of you ever been to a foreign country where you couldn't carry? Uh, I know Greg Elifritz, active response training. Uh, he goes to South America a lot. I saw his Facebook posts. I follow Greg Elifritz. Greg, if you happen to be watching or listening, here's a big shout out to you. I really appreciate your work. And uh, he he was in South America at the same time that I was in the Philippines. So I guess I'm not quite sure. I I doubt that Greg can carry down there in some of those South American countries. Uh, if some of you have traveled down there, if you're Americans, let me know. But probably they don't have the same rights that we have here in the United States either. Give me some feedback if you know something differently. You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. You can put a comment under this video. You can, uh, you, If you're listening to me on my audio podcast, you can send me an email. Call my voicemail, 210-646-1727. There's a voicemail I'm going to be covering pretty soon too, by the way in this episode so it was weird I, I felt kind of weird kind of like I was always really missing something I didn't have the ability to carry my firearm and while I was in the Philippines the incident at the Greenway Mall in Indiana Indiana happened um, what a hero Mr. Dickin what a hero and you know I don't want to get into all the specifics of what happened we think we know what happened but we don't completely know what happened but it looks like surveillance video showed that Eli Dickin engaged the active shooter shot him dead and he started shooting him about 15 seconds after the bad guy came out of a restroom in the mall instead of getting into all the specifics of 
how many shots, in how much time, at what distance. Here's a couple things I do want to say about that. First of all, thank goodness an armed citizen was there and willing to act. How about that? I think the anti-gunners argument that only police should carry guns just got blown out of the water big time. That argument just got destroyed. Mr. Dickens, 22 years old, and he saved who knows how many lives from being shot by a nutbag who went in with a rifle into a food court at a mall. And he was willing to act. I ask you the question, how many of you are willing to act? I mean, really? How many of you are willing to act? How many of you would know what to do? How many of you have the training to know what to do? Now, you don't have to have hundreds and thousands of hours of training, but I would suggest at least, you know, get some training beyond your concealed carry permit. And if you're in a state like me in Texas where you don't even need a concealed carry permit anymore, at least get some basic level training, okay? Self-defense training. I'm not talking about safety training. I'm talking about self-defense training. How do you use this tool? How do you use this tool when you need to use it? And can you deliver and can you can you get the job done when you have to? Um, I did an episode a long time ago called Can You Pull the Trigger? I'm going to link to that, that episode. I'm going to link to it below this video and I'm going to link to it in the audio podcast feed. Can you pull the trigger? Can you act? Do you know what to do? First of all, are you carrying your gun? See, we should all be thankful that Mr. Dickin was there to carry his gun. When I was in the Philippines, I couldn't carry. If something like that, and I went into a couple malls, I went into some public places, I went into some tourist places in the Philippines, Went to Baguio City, which is one of the top tourist destinations in the Philippines, if not, if not the top, Baguio City. Um, if some nut job there decided that he or she wanted to start shooting, I guarantee you there was a 99.5% chance that there was nobody close by that could have stopped them. Now, I will say in the Philippines... Here's a, here's a positive thing I'm going to say about the Philippine National Police. I don't like National Police Forces. I hope we never do that here in America. We don't need that. But I will say this about the Philippine National Police. If you go to a mall in the Philippines, there are armed guards at the entrance. You have to go through a metal detector. They screen you, and they do a pretty good job of running you through somewhat like airline security before you go into the mall. They check your backpacks. They check your bags. I don't think you're going to get into the mall with a rifle or a shotgun. And if you try to get in there with a handgun, they're probably going to find it. So, even though they don't let me carry in the mall, they are providing perimeter security. It's the same way when you go to a bank in the Philippines. Other countries might do the same. Whenever you go to public places, they usually, they usually have a pretty good amount of police there 
providing security. That's better than nothing. That's better than, you know, not allowing me to carry and then not securing the place. So I will give them that. That's a positive I'm going to talk about. I don't like nationalized police forces. Uh, so that's a negative, but at least in the Philippines, they are making a good attempt to protect people in public places, especially especially ripe targets for active shooters like malls and banks and places like that. You go to use an ATM in the Philippines and most of the time there will be a guard there. If you go change money and you go to the, one of the money change places or if you go to a Western Union to receive money or send money, there's going to be probably an armed police officer there. Sometimes there are armed police in the streets. Like uh, when I was in Manila, there were armed police in the streets in certain spots. Okay? So, I'll give them that. And that's a good thing. But the three weeks I was there without a Second Amendment, you know, that was kind of weird. I've been carrying a gun since 2005. So, 17 years now. And so, it's become a part of me. It's become a part of my wardrobe. It's become a part of my habits. Uh, it's a preparedness skill that I take advantage of. And if you carry a gun, you're a prepper. And Many of you know for years I did today's survival show. And I talked about a lot of common sense preparedness. And sometimes here on this channel and on this uh, podcast, I talk about common sense, uh, survivalism, modern survivalism. I talk about minimalism which I think is also important. So, it's, it's something that I will compliment the Philippines on offering security, but it was weird not carrying a gun, not being able to prepare, not being able to engage of one of my, in one of my survival skills. And not only protecting myself, but in the case uh, that we just recently have seen, protecting the innocent lives of others. Because I can assure you of something, if I'm at a mall or any public place and I am carrying legally and something goes down, if I have the ability to act, I will act. So I'm going to finish the video portion of this podcast by asking you an important question. Will you act? That's a serious question I think that you need to answer. And if you say no, I'm not sure I would act. I would strongly urge you to figure out how to change that within yourself. Because when you carry a firearm you basically, you have a responsibility to at least protect yourself and the loved ones that might be with you that are, that are being threatened. You got that responsibility. If you're, not, if you're not willing to accept that responsibility, in my opinion, don't carry a gun. I mean, just don't do it if you won't accept the responsibility to act. In the case that we all just recently saw here, in America, the bad guy with a gun was stopped by a good guy with a gun. 
it happened. It's not just a phrase. It's not just a slogan. It's not just a rallying cry. It's reality. Okay, time to take a break. I'm going to end the video portion. Um, please like this video. Subscribe to this channel for those of you that are watching me on YouTube. Check the notes and the links below this video. And if you want, go to my audio podcast. You can listen to the rest of this episode on my audio feed. And I'll definitely be putting a link below so that you can do that. And I'll have a link there to my sponsors with all the discount codes that I've mentioned. Thanks again for watching and listening. For those of you watching me on video, you've just watched another video portion of the Handgun World Podcast, a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. Audio listeners, stick around. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Thank you. Okay, I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Please remember that this show is just an everyday guy's point of view, and that is me. As you know, I am not ex-law enforcement. I'm not ex-military. I am not even an industry insider or a gun writer or anything like that. I'm just a regular dude talking about my Second Amendment rights, guns, reviewing guns, things like that, cool stuff, and that's me. That's what you get on this show. So if you want, you know, if you want to hear a bunch of technical stuff or you want to hear in-depth gun reviews and things like that, there's other channels you can watch, there's other podcasts. This is going to be just like you and I just having a casual conversation about firearms and the Second Amendment. This second part of this podcast is brought to you by Keepers Concealment. They're another sponsor, and they just absolutely make the best appendix carry stuff that you can buy. If you like to appendix carry, they're the best. Keepers Concealment. So check them out at keepersconcealment.com. Again, that's keepersconcealment.com. Handgun World is also your coupon code. You get a 10% discount on anything you buy there. Please use these discount codes because it tells my sponsors that traffic is coming to them and that my advertising works. So again, remember the coupon code or the discount code Handgun World for both of my sponsors and check them out, keepersconcealment.com. I have three of their appendix carry holsters. One of my favorites is one called the Errand. And the Errand is a cool holster. I use it for my Glock 43X and I can, I can use that without a belt. It's made for that. It's pretty cool. So check them out one more time, keepersconcealment.com. All right, so I want to speak some more about what apparently happened at the mall in Indiana. As I was mentioning in the first half of this episode, all the particulars about distance and number of shots and time and all that I think is less important than the fact that there was an armed citizen, a legally armed citizen who was there and willing to act. Would you agree? Now we can debate about how you have to prepare and what you should be training for. I think I am going to train for more long distance shots. I used to do that and I'm going to do more training for that. And I'm going to try to put more shots that I can in, in a matter of 15 seconds. Apparently, the video shows 
that I don't know if the shooting length of time was 15 seconds or it took him 15 seconds to start shooting at the bad guy. Probably what it was is it took him 15 seconds to start shooting. But now you got to remember, he did this cold, right? You never have a chance to practice in any of these situations. You don't have a chance to have any warm-up shots in these situations, do you? So it's going to be cold, and it's going to be out of your holster. So this is why I, I like to practice how quickly can I get my gun out of my holster and get the first shots on target. And now I'm going to practice how quickly can I do that at 25 or 30 or 40 yards. Because it's quite possible that some of that's true, that that was the distance. Now, from what I heard, and again, we don't know all the facts. We'll probably know more. From what I heard, he closed that distance. But he probably did his first engagements, you know, probably at a distance of 40 yards or slightly less. The bottom line is it's a good thing to practice. I hope you'd agree with me on that. It's a good thing to practice. And if you practice at the longer distance, what I have found for me, this may not be for you, but I've found for me, it makes me better at the shorter distances. If I practice at 25 or 30 yards, 5-yard shots seem like nothing. 10-yard shots seem pretty easy if I'm practicing at 35 or 40 yards. And all modern guns today guns that are in good condition, they'll shoot accurate enough at 40 yards, even 50 yards. You got to remember, this is a man-sized target, and your gun will do that. The question is, can you do that? Are you practicing that? I'm going to start putting more of that into practice. Now, this is one of the reasons why I like competition shooting, especially IDPA and the, um, the AASA match that I shoot they put a lot of targets out there at 25 or 30 yards and we got to shoot them six times we got to make six hits six hits at 30 yards as fast as we can okay and we're under the pressure of a timer i don't care what anybody says a timer is pressure a timer is not the same pressure as if you are in a real life self-defense situation and there might be gunfire coming at you or there might be somebody coming at you with a knife that's extremely, ridiculously, immensely high pressure. But I'll tell you, a timer in a competition match, that's some pressure. And you're going to feel that pressure. And I think that timers are a good thing. Putting yourself on timer and trying to see how fast you can shoot. Can you do it faster and faster? I think that's very important. And can you increase the distance? And then can you... Make your group smaller. All of that. And you need to be on the move, by the way, too. You need to be on the move. You know, I had Mike Ox interview several months with me. Several months ago, he interviewed with me. And he's done some really good videos. You should check it out. Check out Mike Ox on YouTube. And I'll try to link to one of his videos. He does a lot of good videos shooting long distance on the move. This is a skill we need to learn. Now, if you're new at this, if you just got a gun recently and you just finally realized recently that, okay, you are on your own. There is no one going to help you defend yourself. The cops are not going to be there when you have to defend yourself. They're not, folks. This is reality. Come on. If you're still thinking the cops are going to be there to, to save you, uh, it's false. They're not going to be there. And even if they were, what's to guarantee that a police officer is going to act? 
I mean, all we got to do is look at the horrific shooting in Uvalde, Texas, not too far from my house, by the way. And we can see that law enforcement's not going to always act. So, how about you? Uh, you you got to be able to act like I was talking about. Are you practicing this? Get yourself some training, please. You know, I'm open to doing training classes. If there are some of you listening to this show and you want to start with the basics, right? Maybe you just started carrying a gun. Maybe you just got your license if you need one. And you want to start with the basics, the marksmanship basics, and then maybe slowly graduate up into um, a uh, moderately intermediate level of being able to defend yourself with a gun. I'll teach you that. I'll teach you that. Just reach out to me. You know, I can do private classes if you're in the South Texas area. I I don't mind traveling if there's a group of people. If I can get a big enough group of people to go out there, um, I can teach the Beyond Concealed Carry class that I've taught years with with Ben. I have a couple of other basic classes that I can teach you. Uh, My fees are reasonable. Reach out to me, handgunworld at gmail.com, handgunworld at gmail.com. But get yourself some training. I'm a big believer in that. I don't know about this young man in Indiana, what kind of training that he had or didn't have. Sometimes untrained people still prevail. You know why? You know why? Because they have their gun. When I took a class from Tom Givens, that was my biggest takeaway from my Tom Givens class. Have a gun. Have a gun. He has some amazing statistics about people who won their self-defense gunfight just because they had their gun. Some of them didn't even have to use the gun. They just, they had it. They had their gun. Having a gun is the biggest step that you can take to winning a self-defense gunfight. Because if you don't have a gun, you are guaranteed to lose. Guaranteed to lose if you don't have a gun. And again, you don't even always have to fire it. Sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes if they know you are willing to use it, their minds are changed and they will leave you alone. The bad guy's mind gets changed. But sometimes the bad guy's mind doesn't get changed. I urge you to go back uh, back through several episodes and listen to the interview that I did with Greg Ferris, owner of a range that I go to quite frequently here just outside of San Antonio. Listen to his stories of bad guys that did not quit. Okay, so you've got to be willing to act and have a plan. If the bad guy doesn't quit, what is your plan? If he's still hell-bent on attacking you, what is your plan? Okay, you got to have one. And this is a family-friendly show, so I don't want to start using language, but I'm just going to say, you darn well better be prepared or you are going to be messed up. Okay, that's the best way that I can put it. And then you have to have a plan after your first plan succeeds. Do you have some legal protection? Okay, you need to have that because... You know, there could be now, you know, in Indiana, I don't think any charges have been pressed against him. I don't think. But depending on where you live and who's the local district attorney, you may get charges thrown at you, even if you're in a justifiable situation. Even if it's justifiable what you did, you still may get charges. So then you got to have a plan for that. A lot of things to think about. 
But it's honorable if you carry a gun and you're willing to act. It's an honorable thing. Uh, and, I, you know, you are, you are the cream of the crop if you're doing that. So I am just saying, be prepared. Be as trained as you can be, as prepared as you can be. Even something as simple like, have you given your carry gun a thousand round trigger job? I've talked about this for years now. 13 years I've been talking about the thousand round trigger job. What is that? What is the thousand round trigger job? Well, any gun you shoot a thousand rounds, there's a 90% chance the trigger is going to be better after a thousand rounds. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. The trigger parts, they, they wear in a little bit better. And it gets a little smoother from use. And also, you become better at correctly pressing the trigger and keeping your sights on target. So, it seems like you got a trigger job, even though you don't have a trigger job. It seems like it because you're better, because you're more skilled. Hopefully, you've practiced the right way and you've become better after the thousandth round. Okay, so hopefully when you fire that 1,001st round, you are better than the first 1,000 rounds. If not, you're practicing wrong and you need to get somebody like me or somebody else to coach you on what to practice. But if you gave your gun the 1,000 round trigger job, you know that when you need it, it's going to perform. Then all you have to do is perform. And also after a thousand rounds, you're going to figure out what might be wrong with your gun, if anything, what you have to change with your gun or your magazines. Even if you have a revolver, you need to be used to the trigger and the sights and everything on the revolver. So a lot of things change after you give your gun, your carry gun, your main primary carry gun, a thousand round trigger job. You don't have to give every gun you own a thousand round trigger job. I mean, it's kind of fun to do that. It is, if you can afford it, but at least the one that you're going to carry, that you're going to bet your life on, it needs that thousand round trigger job, ladies and gentlemen. So get prepared and do it that way, and I can help you get part of the way to that thousand round trigger job at a training class. Okay, that's all I want to say about all this. Uh, please remember, next week, episode 600 is coming out. And I got a special guest. I'm probably going to be recording on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. My special guest for episode 600. I never thought I would ever say, welcome to episode 600. Never thought that. I never. When I first started Handgun World Podcast... You know what my first goal was? My first goal was to get 100 listeners. <laughs> and some of my listeners who started listening to me from the beginning, they remember cheering. They remember cheering when I got to that 100th listener. And then my next goal was 1,000. Uh, and then my next goal was to see if I could get to 5,000. It, it's over that. So... And then I was really flattered when I when I started getting emails and things from people internationally, places that aren't even gun friendly, that still listen to me. Um, so again, I never thought that. I never thought that. But here I am. God has blessed me, and He's blessed this show, and I firmly believe that's the number one reason why my show has grown to where it is. You folks know I'm a Christian. I'm a man of faith. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Number one in my life. 
And I think when you are doing something that serves him and you're improving people's lives, I think he blesses that. And um, I, you know, when I when it's time for me to leave this world, whenever that may be, when I get to heaven, all I want to hear is seven words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all I want to hear. And so I, I hope that I, I, I qualify to do that. <laughs> all right. With that said, I just want to say thanks again for listening. Remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you on episode 600 next week. Goodbye. If they back me